Hello, everybody. Chief Patrol and Ryan Landry from the U.S. Border Patrol Academy, and welcome back to another episode of the What's Important Now podcast. As you know, we're in season two of the podcast. I think collectively between Chief Owens and myself, we've done about 40 podcasts. Typically, we don't usually have repeat guests on the podcast, but when the Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol shows up, uh, you don't miss an opportunity to sit in a room with him and have a discussion about what's important now. So for today's episode, I'd like to welcome Raul Ortiz, the 25th Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. Chief, welcome. Hey, thank you, Chief, for having me. And, uh, you know, last time I was on the podcast with Chief Owens, I was the Deputy Chief. So uh, being able to come back and have a conversation as a Chief uh, with that extra star on, a little bit heavier. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited to uh, have this engagement with you. That's a, that's a great segue into kind of what I want to uh, unpack a little bit. Uh, in August of 2021, you're promoted from Deputy Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol to Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. As you mentioned, that, gets, that goes from three stars to four. Uh, that, that weight literally and figuratively gets a little heavier. So I'd like to kind of talk about what has the last seven months been like? Well, it's been a bit of a whirlwind if you think about it. You know, certainly uh, going into the new fiscal year uh, in October, um, we closed out a very busy 21. Uh, you think about the challenges we had with COVID on the loss of 16 border patrol agents, two contractors, uh, uh, to various issues. And then you think about going into a new fiscal year and a continuing resolution uh, and an increase in numbers. I mean, you and I have been doing this a long time, Chief, and typically in, in the fall months and towards the end of the year, our numbers start to drop. Well, we didn't experience that this year, and, and really we didn't experience it last year either. It's so uh, it has certainly put a significant amount of pressure. And then you think about in September with what we experienced in Del Rio with the Haitian migration cr crossings that, that occurred underneath that port of entry. Um, that's a way to start off as a 25th chief, uh, right into the fire. But uh, certainly very, very proud of the work that goes on by the men and women out there. And so uh, I'm excited. Excellent. So I'd like to talk about a little bit about, you know, the weight. You mentioned the weight. So what is what are the differences in, in the way uh, you have to conduct business from the deputy of the Border Patrol? What are your responsibilities there to now being the chief? What's different? Yeah, so certainly as a deputy chief, uh, I look at the deputy and the chief as a partnership. And uh, Chief Scott and I had a tremendous relationship and uh, we worked very, very well together, and, and I enjoyed being his deputy for an awfully long time. Uh, and then when I transitioned into the chief position, I recognized that it was important for us to get a deputy chief on board as quickly as we possibly can. And so we were able to uh, select and, uh, Chief Matt Hudak from Laredo, and he came up, and it didn't take him long <laughs> for him to get pulled into the department. And so we've had you know Chief Barker and others uh, jump into that uh, seat and, and help out uh, quite a bit. But I'll tell you, you know, for me, um, when, when I was a deputy chief, I got to focus on, you know, uh, the day-to-day the -day issues uh, of running the Border Patrol and work very closely with the four directorates that we have at headquarters and then, of course, the, the, the sectors and, and the academy and mm -hmm. our special operations group. But as the chief, I find myself working externally a lot more than I did as a deputy. Uh, certainly have 
congressional engagements that, that I'm responsible for. Uh, I work very, very closely with, uh, you know, the commissioner, deputy commissioner, who actually just came on board, which was another transition That's we right. had to deal with. And then, of course, the, the department, you know, the secretary and I have uh, made it a point to take t- several trips out to the field. And I think those engagements have been awfully important for us to get uh, firsthand information from the troops. And so when you think about as, as a chief of the Border Patrol, I am certainly responsible for everything that happens uh, within uh, our environment. But I also think that uh, a big part of my responsibility is to do what I can to talk about the great work that goes on each and every day. So I'm getting out there trying to tell the story. In fact, these last five or six days, I've been uh, making the run from San Diego all the way to Tucson, and I've really enjoyed meeting with the agents out on the line, and I've heard some uh, significant uh, challenges that we have out there, but I've also heard some great feedback. And so I'm going to take that back to D.C., hand it to the deputy chief and say, <laughs> now it's yours uh, to work on. That's a great frame. I think um, what I heard was as the chief, you have to kind of sit back and think long and big about the future of our organization, the health of our organization. And when you talk about this run, um, you can't do that necessarily without understanding what matters to the people. You know, so when you, you start to uh, for those people who are aspiring leaders to promote, the further up you promote up the chain seems to almost be the further away you get from our people. So you taking the time to actually go coast to coast, if you will, um, that that really helps you uh, contextualize what really is important for the long term health of our organization. Talking to those folks. No, you're spot on, Chief. And uh, you know we talked about this at our Chiefs conference mm-hmm. that it was important for me to get out there and meet uh, w- with the rank and file and professional staff and you name it. And uh, I've done just that. You know, we did it in South Texas. Uh, now we're doing it out on the west side. I need to go up to the northern border. And then we need to hit Miami and Puerto Rico because they are also facing an increase in, in traffic out there. Mm-hmm. And so all of that information, I think, certainly validates some of the things we're working on. But it also allows us to course correct. And I'm all about making sure that we're on the right glide path. And so uh, I think that uh, as we continue to refine um, what we're doing out there operationally, I think we're going to put us in a better position for success, not, you know, for 22, but on onwards. You know, you think about 23 through 28. Those are five years where we're going to have an opportunity to build our workforce, increase our staffing, um, provide more resources out to the men and women out there. And as a chief, I've got to make sure that I can go to the congressional representatives and the senators and, you know, all the appropriators and say, hey, um, if you fund us and resource us appropriately, we're going to be able to accomplish what's expected of us. And so uh, I'm excited about that, and I'm excited about a few other initiatives that we're working on. Great. So would, would it be suffice to say that, you know, on this run that you're on, that the that the mission and the people have largely remained the same? Yeah. It, you know, is, it's interesting. Um, as I go out and, and talk to, you know, some of our agents and, I realize that many of them are younger than the <laughs> amount of time that I have in the Border Patrol. Um, I, I, I see, though, that they're very creative and innovative, yeah. and they're not afraid to provide suggestions on how we should be doing business differently. Yeah. I think as leaders within our, our organization, what we have to do is be better listeners. And uh, I will say after 30 plus years, I'm becoming a better listener. Good. And uh, hopefully I can put that uh, to action. Excellent. It's it's uh, it's kind of a funny side story, but uh, you know, Chief Ortiz, you have 31 years in the Border Patrol. I'm coming up on 22, and as the chief of the academy, I kind of had that first contact with our next generation of employees. And uh, you might be surprised to know that uh, I have more time in 
than, than many of those folks. That's and it, it starts to make you feel, um, it starts to date you a little bit. And you know, coming in as a young guy myself, start hearing people that have, uh, you know, coming in at the same age that I did is it, you were also very, very young in your career when you came in. Um, it's an interesting uh, kind of tie back to what the future could look like. So you also mentioned this piece about <clears throat> leadership. And I know coming from a headquarters environment over the last couple of years, uh, you and, and Chief Scott specifically did this kind of town hall uh, engagement uh, during the times of COVID. So we kind of adapted with the times and you guys sat down and really started talking to the workforce and kind of a one-on-one uh, way of doing business. And in one of those uh, conversations or several of them, especially up in the, in the Northwest, uh, they were really concerned about having leadership. They, we, we, you know, our, our table of organizations has changed. So we've gone from 21,370 down to 19,555 and argue maybe even a little less when we finish this year. But one of the primary concerns of the workforce was just having continuity of leadership. Tell me what you've done to prioritize that a little bit. Yeah, you know, I set about five goals for myself when I became the chief. And one of those first goals was uh, establishing some permanency out there in the field. And as you recognize that uh, uh, when you have chiefs and deputies in place, uh, that's uh, less of an acting role that uh, the PICs and divisions have to fill uh, as we move forward. And so uh, Chief Scott, before he left, and and myself made it a priority to select as many chiefs as we possibly could. Mm -hmm. And we've actually filled every single one of them except for one Mm -hmm. out in the field. And uh, most of the deputies are filled. And then we ought to work on headquarters. I still have a couple of vacancies up there. Mm -hmm. But I, I knew that if I could get those chiefs in place, Um, That would allow me to build on some of the other initiatives that were important to us. And so, you know, as we roll out the new strategy that is coming out this, uh, well, this month, uh, the 22 through 26 Pork Patrol strategy, Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be awfully important to have those chiefs uh, be the face of that and message that to the workforce um, as we start to see increase in numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was going to be a huge challenge for us. And so making sure that those teams were in place before we started to see uh, higher numbers than we've already seen, I think was going to be important because you got to plan and be able to execute and, and have the, the plans in place and then implement them as we start talking about uh, these surges that, that we expect to see. And then, you know, some of the other initiatives I think, Chief, that were very, very important for me is a budget. I mean, I, t- I talked about how we were in a continuing resolution at the beginning of the year. The last thing I wanted to see was to see the Border Patrol and really the whole government operate with 75% of the budget for the entire year and then maybe potentially face, you know, furloughs or something like that. So I think between everyone, we were able to uh, get uh, not even just the budget we wanted, but a plus up on, on some of the border security issues that we that we needed and so uh, I think we're going to be in much better position for 22. And then we're going to c- certainly roll up our sleeves and get ready for 23 and beyond because I do think that uh, we have an opportunity to build the Border Patrol back up to that 21370 number you mentioned. Yeah. So it's interesting, the, the strategy you mentioned, and, you know, in, in alignment with things like the budget, strategies are often aspirational documents. But, in, in, you know, not to tease it out too much, but I, I've read over the strategy and it, it feels a lot more achievable than aspirational. Start talking about things like mission advantage, organizational excellence. These are the things we strive for every single day. So was any consideration given to actually being able to achieve the goals that we set for ourselves or just being this, you know, interesting aspirational document? 
No, you're, you're spot on, Chief. One of the things that we had several conversations about, and you were part of these yes. uh, right before you left, is I wanted to ensure that if our stakeholders, you know, whether it was a vendor, whether it was the Hill, whether it was the Department of the White House, they were able to look at that document and say, well, this makes sense. They want to use artificial intelligence in their technology rollout. They want to make sure that, you know, they're using, you know, license plate readers that allow them to target these organizations and these criminal networks. Uh, they want to become more efficient when it comes to ensuring that these vulnerable populations that are out there, that they're processing them quickly and they're turning them over to the right organizations that have a responsibility to care for them. And so all of these things were placed into the document to ensure that it's a roadmap not just for us, but for all our partners. And so uh, I do think it's a lot of it's achievable, but I also think some of it um, is going to take us some time to get to. And what I wanted to make sure is that the next chief that comes on board or the chief after that can look at that strategy and say, you know what, this is something I can buy into. This isn't Chief Ortiz's strategy. This is the Border Patrol strategy. Yeah. So how does uh, how does training in the basic environment contribute to, to that to that strategy? We obviously uh, I heard you we had some engagement earlier with with a particular class uh, as they were studying law. And you talk about, you know, we have a lot of resources available to us, but none more important than the people. So how does the strategy address the people? Yeah. So the, the strategy and the people, obviously, that's our foundation. Sure. You and I grew up in that era where. You know, it was people always mission first. Mm -hmm. And uh, as I think about what that actually means to me as the chief of the Border Patrol, I think that, you know, we have to sacrifice and assume some risk in some areas. And it may not be as many agents out there on the line, but if we can train this next generation of agents to be prepared and to make sure that they have the right equipment and, uh, you know, the right skill set, to be able to address the threats we face. Think about SUAS. The, you know, the bad guys use small UASs uh, at will against our officers out there. Well, our agents at our academy should be trained on how to deploy these platforms and be ready to go as soon as they hit the field. It shouldn't be a specialty skill. It should be the norm. And so we think about our ability to be able to use artificial intelligence, to use intelligence in our targeting enterprise. I mean, all of these skills or skills that we learned later on in our career yeah. as you and I, you know, became senior agents and whatnot. But these agents are having to use these skills right out the gate. Mm -hmm. And so to me, making these initial investments and in training are going to be key for our success. And, and that's one thing that I do not want to shortchange. I don't want to decrease the time at the academy. But I, what I do want to do is increase our throughput yeah. and then make sure that uh, we have the best instructors out here. And I've had a for, uh, the, the great fortune of meeting with several of them and, and really are pouring their heart and soul into making sure that our agents are trained properly. I, I couldn't uh, couldn't agree with you more. And I thank you for those words. You know, we uh, obviously tout um, our 117 day program pretty highly with basically being the Cadillac version of Federal Law Enforcement Training Academy. Um, but at the same time, I also know as the chief patrol agent of the academy, you have a requirement for as many healthy bodies, many healthy border patrol agents to the front lines as humanly possible. So I constantly have to toil with what is what does right look like at the border patrol academy? Is it 117 days? Is it 110? Is it 90? Um, and what what delivers the best possible agent, the 21st century border patrol agent? to you, to the chiefs in the field, my peers, while at the same time giving them everything they possibly can get here. So 
Um, it's, it is, uh, you set the vision, right? And my responsibility is to execute that vision. And that's what we're trying to do here for you and for all, all the chiefs in the field, quite frankly. So, you know, today the, uh, we're here in the What's Important Now podcast. That's what, that's what we call it. Um, Chief Owen set that up for us and uh, we maintained it. So I would like to give you, as the 25th Chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, kind of the floor to talk about. We, we heard a little bit about what the last seven months has looked like for you. Um, the, the, the surge in migration, the budget, um, the people, the mission, the strategy. What, is, what does the future look like? What's important to you right now? And what has really uh, got your attention today? Yeah, so there are really two things that I think uh, I, I really need to focus on as a chief, and I want to try and message as much as I possibly can to the workforce. One is that uh, trust your leadership, that they're going to resource uh, you uh, appropriately. You know, we're working on contractors to get out there and, and help our agents process so our agents can get back into the border security mission set. We'll still have to process that. I mean, Processing is a big part of our enterprise. In fact, that's how we were upgraded from GS9s to GS12s back in the day, is that we were able to show how complex uh, our, our mission is. And, and so we've been able to justify that GS12 grade uh, for a long time, and I think that's something that's awfully important to us. But I also do think that, you know, we have some gaps out there, and so we have to close those gaps. We have to shrink the border as much as we can. And we're going to do that through investments in technology, uh, working with our agency partners so we can do a better job of targeting the adversary. And then I have to do a, a, a good job of messaging and ensuring that the workforce knows what we're working on, what's important to us. Uh, I will tell you that uh, one of the things that's been somewhat problematic over the past few months is, you know, this um, uh, white noise, so to speak. Uh, and, and I talk about this because you have – uh, individuals in, 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 in groups out there that uh, want to villainize and target uh, the Border Patrol or our leadership in general and not really having the perspective that uh, I think you and I have uh, come to know uh, based upon our time in the field, our time at Washington, D.C., and then, of course, your time here at the Academy. And uh, I, I'm concerned that uh, quite often uh, agents and you know, others within our ranks may get caught up in some of that rhetoric. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to assure them that um, I have not lost focus on what's important for the United States Border Patrol. I mean, we're in a great position. We're getting ready to celebrate our 98th birthday in May, and I'm really excited. I've got Chief Chavez and the team leading that effort, and, and we've got so many supporters out there, Chief. When you think about the Border Patrol Foundation, the, the Border Patrol Family Network, um, and, and the list goes on. And we continue to build uh, these partnerships with folks that we traditionally would never have built partnerships, World Central Kitchen and others. And so as I think about what uh, the next migration surge or operational challenge that, that we may face, I think we're in a much better position than we've ever been. And so I want to continue to build on that as much as I possibly can. But it isn't just me. You know, I have 19,260 brothers and sisters that are carrying the weight of the border security mission set on their shoulders. And so uh, as the 25th chief, I'm going to commit to them that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that uh, their story's told and that they are resourced appropriately. 
Uh, and then, you know, at the end of the day, uh, folks are going to judge us for our actions, not so much our words, but our actions. Excellent. So just to kind of encapsulate uh, what I heard is, you know, trust your leadership. And I think you uh, have empowered your cascading leadership to include the chief patrolers in the field to execute on your vision. So that's number one. Number two, shrink the border. Love the frame. Um, we've heard this before, but it's never been more uh, apropos than it is right now. We have uh, 19,000 strong, but at the same time, the border is vast. Whether it's the, the littorals, uh, the northern border or the southern border, we can't be everywhere all the time. And oh, by the way, we have, you know, unprecedented numbers that, that we see on a daily basis right now. Um, so the shrink the borders is, is, is really, really important. Communication, it's always the key, right? So there's vast number of audiences out there that uh, could benefit from hearing our story and also uh, learning from it, yeah. right? And then I think the just to kind of encapsulate the final thing was, you know, be, a learning organization is an adaptive organization. And, you know, we've been through a lot of things in our history, 98 years. We've been a lot of places and learned a lot of things. And it, it in the name of national security, it is our responsibility to learn from those things and do it better for the people of the United States of America. You're spot on, Chief. And then through all of that, we're going to be resilient as we possibly can be. And, and that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. I, I love it. Do you want to uh, talk a little bit about the centennial? Sure. So I know uh, Chief Chavez is, is uh, leading the charge. You have a chief, uh, myself, you have uh, a chief from the coastal environment, Chief Slozar, a chief from the northern border. Um, he's on, on it as well. And then you have all those partners that you talked about, the the uh, the, the Border Patrol Museum, yeah. um, just a, a plethora of retired chief retired, patrol agents. Retired Border Patrol. That's Borbo. right. So uh, all, all these people are coming together to celebrate our centennial, our 100-year anniversary, which is in about two years. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, one, I'm probably not going to be the chief at the time because <laughs> I'm 56 years old, chief, and my timeline's shrinking. But I will tell you this. To me, that's an important milestone. Uh, you, I was around during the 75th Border Patrol anniversary, and, and I was a young agent at the time. And I don't know that I recognized how important it was at the time, but I certainly, over the last three decades of wearing this uniform, can tell you that every day becomes important. And so um, I, I hope that uh, when we get to, you know, May 24, 23, or, or 22, that uh, we can see uh, that and celebrate that tremendous history and legacy that exists amongst all of us, whether you're retired, whether you're just coming in, uh, with, as we talk, spoke to some of those new hires today, right. or, you know, you're, you're a journeyman agent that's been out in the field your whole career, you know, pushing the and securing that line. But to me, I want to make sure that we all uh, relish in the fact that uh, we've accomplished a lot, as you just described. So we only turn 100 once, and uh, I know under uh, Chief Chavez's uh, leadership, we will get this right for you. And uh, all the, uh, the men and women currently serving, uh, those who have served in the past, and those who will serve in the next 25 years before we you know, celebrate 125. Yeah, outstanding, Chief. So, on that note, Chief, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Uh, we appreciate very much you stepping by the U.S. Border Patrol Academy. Uh, anytime we get a chance to show you in any leadership uh, what we do here and how we produce uh, the next generation of Border Patrol agents is vitally important to us. It allows you to contextualize um, what the future looks like from this perspective and also hopefully have confidence in what we're doing here to, to know that 
you can ask us to, or you can give us your vision and we will just enact it. So thank you again on behalf of the entire Border Patrol Academy and on behalf of the entire U.S. Border Patrol for visiting with us. Thank you, Chief. Honor first. Honor first. Thank you.